I want to say thank you. Thank you to all of the Fairview family. Uh, they gave me this t-shirt for pastor appreciation and it says, this pastor has an awesome congregation. Yeah. I said, I'm in total agreement. I'm in total agreement. I will wear that this Sunday. Uh, and thank you guys for all the notes that you sent and, and appreciation. Uh, everybody from here, uh, you, you just don't never know what just one word of encouragement will do for somebody. Uh, we are living in some difficult days, difficult times, and, and it's, uh, anybody needs an attaboy every now and then. Amen? And so I, I just thank God for that. I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to take your Bibles, remain standing for just a second. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And if you, uh, if you came in this morning and you didn't get a communion cup, if you desire to take communion this morning, uh, make sure and get you a cup. There should be some at the, at the entrances to, to get there. Uh, I wanted to, this morning, I wanted to preach on this. I wanted to teach on this. We have had so many... Uh, brand new believers this year. We have been able to baptize uh, a ton of folks. And so I know we've got a, 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 a big number of new believers who may not be familiar with what communion is all about. So I want to, I want to teach on that this morning. Now, for some of you, it's going to be elementary. For some of you who have been saved a long time, you've already done this study. Uh, it's okay to be reminded. It's okay to be reminded. The whole communion is a remembrance. Uh, God knows we are forgetful creatures. Do I have a witness right there? So, so we're going to do that this morning. We're going to go into detail as, as, as we can. And we're going to talk, we're going to start in first Corinthians, but then we're going to drift off into the old Testament and bring it up to speed and up to par. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Well, let's look in first Corinthians uh, chapter number 11. And uh, I think we're going to start in verse number uh, 18, verse number 18. So if you can find verse 18, we, Paul, and, and if you remember Paul's first letter to the Corinthians here in first Corinthians, it, it was a scathing letter. They, they had a lot of things messed up. They were probably one of the most carnal churches in, in the New Testament uh, they had a lot of things wrong that he is, he is addressing and fixing. And the way they approached the Lord's Supper uh, was very wrong. And so he is correcting that. And so that's what we're fixing to read here. All right. First uh, Corinthians 11, verse number 18. It says, for first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For eating, every one taketh before other his own supper. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. Now what was going on? Here in the Corinthian church, they had a, Matt, let's pray. Y'all are going to stand a long time because I got a lot to say. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you for uh, the, the, the wonderful, wonderful singing this morning. Thank you for the truth that you've given us that we could read and study and learn. 
God, I pray that your perfect will be done today. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to, to build our faith this morning. And God, will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let's do a little running commentary uh, through this. What's going on? In the Corinthian church, in the Corinthian church, they, they had what was called a love feast. A love feast. Now, if it was from the south uh, in the Corinth, it would be called a dinner on the ground. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many of y'all know what dinner on the ground means, right? Uh, where we come together and everybody brings a covered dish. Uh, everybody brings their specialty, whatever it is, and, and, and everybody knows if you've been in church any amount of time that uh, there's some covered dishes that were better than others. If you know what I mean. Uh, and you always want, and I don't know if I need to say that part. Anyway, anyway, let's just leave that alone. Amen. Oh, it's a great talking point though. Amen. Uh, everybody would bring a meal. Everybody would bring enough for, uh, my dad would always tell us as we were growing up, we were in a, a small church and in, in a small country church. And he would say, bring enough for your family and another. Dad wanted to make sure everybody got enough. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Bring enough for your family and another family. Well, they had something similar to this called their love feast. And they would come together and they would eat their meals. And at the end of the love feast, they would practice communion. They would practice the Lord's Supper. Now, here's what they were doing. The rich people, they had very elaborate meals that they were bringing and what they would do is they would come early and eat their elaborate meals and there would be nothing left for the poor people. And so here we have selfishness happening and, 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 and self-centeredness going on. And, 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 and Paul is saying, hey, 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 hey. He said, not only are you eating over here and being gluttonous and, 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 and not taking care of the people around you. The whole point of this meal is love and fellowship. There ain't no love and there ain't no fellowship. He said, even that, some of you are getting drunk. And then you want to practice the Lord's Supper? Are y'all with me? Now that you know the backstory, let's keep reading. He said, what have you not houses to eat and drink in or despise ye the church of God? Shame them that have not the poor people there seeing what the rich people have and they're being ashamed and embarrassed for their lack. He said, I praise you not in this for I have received of the Lord. Now he goes to teaching them what the Lord's supper is truly about. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Now keep in mind that this letter was written before the Gospels. So what Paul is telling them is what he has received directly from the Lord. Not from a Gospel record, but from what Jesus himself tells him. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He said... In verse number 23, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in what? Remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. 
This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show, that word S-H-E-W, in the Greek it means to proclaim, to proclaim. In other words, when we take communion, we're preaching the gospel. We're proclaiming the death of Christ and the payment for our sin. He said, wherefore, now, now because you know this, this is, this is the truth. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man, what's that word? Examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, watch what what was going on. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, among the church, Christians, and many sleep. That means died. Many were getting sick and even dying because of their treatment of the Lord's Supper. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. What Paul is saying there, if you will straighten yourself out, God won't have to. Amen. And he says, the reason that the Lord will chasten us so that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. In other words, wait on the poor folks to get there so you, they can share in your ham. Well, not ham. <laughs> well, this is the New Testament, so they could eat ham. Amen. I'm so glad for what Paul told Timothy. Now I can eat bacon wrapped shrimp. Say amen right there. <laughs> but he says, wait on one another. Wait on them, tarry, fellowship, share. He says, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home. In other words, if all you're going to do is be a glutton, stay at the house and do it. Right? That ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. Now, now let, me, let me clarify two things before we go into this teaching. There are two, two misconceptions here that I have seen prevalent in, in churches all over, especially the churches I grew up in familiar with. How many of y'all know that you can take a verse out of context? In other words, you can take a verse and say something that it's not saying. There are people that take from this, and this is a shame. This is so sad. It says if you take of this unworthily, uh, you're, you're, you're being guilty of the blood and the body of Christ. Now, what some have translated is that if you're unworthy, you better not take communion. Well, I got a news flash for everybody. Ain't none of you worthy. None of us. We're all pitiful. We're all, listen, doing everything we can to keep our head above water. We're doing, we're like Paul. Paul says, that that I don't want to do, I do. And that that I do, I do want to do, I don't do. Oh, wretched man that I am. How many of y'all can relate to that? Don't think you're going to, you have to be perfect to take the Lord's Supper. The word means in an unworthy manner. In other words, what he's saying, if you're going to get drunk and try to take the Lord's Supper, that's an unworthy manner. 
If you're going to be selfish and self-centered and be a glutton and ignore your poor Christian brothers and sisters, that is an unworthy. Don't you come take the Lord's Supper after you acting like that. Come in a reverent way. Come in a holy way. In other words, don't think that you're going to Walmart when you're coming to communion. You're coming to fellowship with a holy God a wonderful Savior who died for you. Doesn't mean to be perfect. Doesn't mean to be without faults and failures. Everybody in this room messed up this week some way or another. Are y'all with me? And there have been so many Christians that I know that would always pass up communion because they were afraid they were not deserving. Nobody is. That's why it's called grace. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Basically that teaching is Paul saying, when you come to the Lord's table, you come with reverence, respect, and honor. Church, say amen. The second thing that I see is a misconception that people have taken from this. They said, this means that you should never eat at the church. That's not what he's saying. There are churches that it is their policy never to have dinner on the ground because they take this chapter and say, God, uh, Jesus is saying, if you're going to eat, eat at home. What Paul is saying, if you're going to act like this, eat at home. He didn't condemn the love feast. He condemned the way they did it. There's nothing wrong with dinner on the ground. There's nothing wrong with having food at church. It's a great thing if you do it right. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, now for you baby Christians in there, let's talk about communion. Let's talk about that night. He says in the night that he was arrested, he was betrayed. You see the night that before we, most everybody knows it's called the last supper, the last Passover. Now, what was the Passover? What was the Passover in the Old Testament? I got it all in your notes right there, but I got to do it fast because I don't have much time. But it's right there in your notes on the first page. When Israel was still in bondage as slaves in Egypt, at the end when God came to deliver them, y'all remember Moses was sent to said, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. How many of y'all remember that? Say amen. They, that God sent plagues against Egypt. To get Pharaoh to let his people go. Some of it was flies. Some of it was darkness. Some of it was frogs. That was my favorite part as a kid. Amen. I just love that part. Frogs everywhere. Amen. But all these plagues came against uh, Pharaoh. But God hardened his heart. And he would not do it till the very end. The very last plague was the death angel. Now if you remember God said I'm going to send a death angel. In every household, the firstborn will die. This angel is an angel of judgment. The judgment will come and the firstborn will die. But he says, if you will take a lamb and you will kill that lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the lintel and the doorpost, uh, listen, the entry to the home, then I will pass over you. In other words, that child will be delivered. The firstborn of the home will be delivered and safe because the blood has been applied. In other words, that judgment was coming 
And the payment for judgment is death. The blood has to be applied. And the lamb, hallelujah, the lamb can take the place of the person. And y'all know what happened. That night, the, the death angel passed by and, and there was wailing and crying all over Egypt because the firstborns died except for the nation of Israel. And he said, I want you to take that lamb and eat that lamb. I want you to eat that lamb because you're going to need strength for the journey. And that night, God delivered the nation of Israel. And they came out of bondage and they came out of slavery. They came out of what they used to be headed to the promised land. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And he said, from now on, every year, I want you to eat that meal to remember, say it with me, to Remember what I did for you. I want you to remember that that lamb died so that you could live. I want you to remember that God by his strong hand delivered you out of slavery and brought you to the promised land. Don't ever forget. And so every single year, the nation of Israel would eat that meal called the Passover meal. Why do they call it Passover? Because the death angel passed over. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so here Jesus is. Here Jesus is on the night of his arrest. On the night of his arrest. There's so much that went on. He wanted one last meal with his disciples. He wanted to to eat the Passover meal with his disciples. And, And it's amazing what took place that night. They had fellowship. They had fun. They had food. They were celebrating. And have you, can you imagine, can you imagine if you just had one more night to live, what would you do? You know what Jesus did? He ate with his disciples and washed their feet. Imagine that. And at the end of the meal, at the end of the meal, he said, boys, There's something I need to teach you. He said, you know this meal y'all been partaking your whole life. Year after year after year after year. You know what this meal really means? Do you know what this is really about? You see this bread and he took the bread. And he gave thanks and he broke the bread and he passed it around. He said, I want you to take eat. This is my body. This is a type. This is a picture of my body that's going to be brutalized for you. And he took the cup, the cup that they had done every year. And he said, there's a new meaning for you. This juice, this wine, this is my blood, which is given for you. Now, what, what is going on? Jesus is teaching what the Passover really means. To understand this, you've got to understand that in the Old Testament, God was teaching all of humanity what he was going to do for mankind. All through the Old Testament, there's types and there's pictures of Jesus. There's types and there's pictures of the sacrifice that he was going to make on the cross. He was the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You see, the old covenant, 
The old Passover, it represented deliverance from the slavery of Egypt, the physical deliverance. But the new covenant was a deliverance spiritually. It was something for eternal life. And he said, I want you to remember this every single time you do this, you're proclaiming and you're preaching and you're telling people what I did for you. Church, say amen. And so from that point on, from that point on, Christians all over the world have celebrated the Lord's table or communion or it's called the Lord's Supper where we come together and we take the bread and we take the juice and we remember what Jesus has done for us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now I want you to flip your page. I want you to flip your page. There's three things that we're doing today. There's three things that we're doing today. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians. I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. In verse number 23. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. When you get there say amen. Paul says, for I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in, what's that word? Remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So, number one. Number one, communion. The Lord's table is a time of remembrance. Write that down. It is a time of remembrance. The word remembrance means to call to mind, to remind There's two things I want you to write down that we're remembering today. The reality of his death. The reality of his death. And I I, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, do we really need to be reminded of this? Oh, yes, we do. I think we need to be reminded of the brutality of his death. I think we need to be reminded of the suffering that he experienced. I think we need to be reminded that he was innocent of all charges. There was no guilt found in him. He came as a lamb before his shearers as dumb. He opened not his mouth. He gave no defense whatsoever. He willingly laid down his life for you and me. We need to remember. We need to remember the beating that he took. We need to remember the lashes across his back. We need to remember the whip that they used. We need to remember the brutality of the Roman soldiers. We need to remember that they plucked his beard out and spit in his face. We need to remember that they drove a crown of thorns, listen, thorns, an inch and a half to two inches long, down into his skull. We need to remember that they threw his body on a, 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 a cross and nailed his hands and his feet and held him up 
dropped the cross down into a hole. And he hung there for six hours. Six hours. Preacher, why are you going into such detail? This is making me uncomfortable. So you will remember. Now I'm going to be the first to admit that many times I get to be a whiny baby. Whine about this. Whine about that. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, do you remember what I did for you? Do you remember? And you know, I'm afraid. Come on now, y'all looking at me funny. Don't act like y'all don't. Hello. Well, I just don't know if I'm going to go to church. It's raining outside. I just not, I, you know, I don't know about volunteering to serve. I just got so much. That, really? We need to remember. And by the way, I think this is very important. We need to remember he did that so we didn't have to. You remember how many times I've said this? He died not just for me, but instead of me. He took our cross. Listen, the reality. The reality of his death. He said, this is my body which is broken. The reason for his death. The reason for his death, which, watch this, which is broken for you. Galatians 1, 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He gave himself for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin. That we might be made the righteousness in him. He died for me and he died for you. Do you remember? Take just a minute. Take just a minute. If you have to close your eyes, close your eyes. I want you to take just a minute and go go back to Calvary. Go back to that instance. Go back to that time. And just remember for a minute. What your salvation costs. What's your salvation cost? Okay, what else are we doing today? What else are we doing today? Number two, it's not only a time of remembrance, but secondly, write this down. Let, let, me, let me read the verse and then you can write it down. It says in verse number, verse number 27, we read from 24 to 26, now verse 27. Wherefore... Paul is addressing, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the Lord and blood, or guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man, what's that word? Everybody, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. This is a time of examination. Examination. Write that down. Paul says you need to examine yourself. The word examine means to inspect closely, to test the condition of. It's a time of examination. You know, the Lord's table gives us a time to stop and slow down and ask us this question. Am I where I need to be with the Lord? 
Am I where I need to be with the Lord? The psalmist said it as good as anybody. He said, search me. Say it with me. Say it again. Search me, O Lord. Know my heart. Know my heart. Lord, examine. Go go where those things that I've even forgotten. See if there be any wicked way in me. Listen, this is a good time to take a pause and say, am I where I'm supposed to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I right with God? I wrote this down this morning. I'll I'll prove to you this this morning. This this is just something in my heart, in my mind, the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke to me. And he said, son, there is nothing as peaceful as a clear conscience. There is nothing that will bring as much peace as a clear conscience. It's a time of examination where we can come to God and say, God, I've got this in my life. And and, and let's not be prideful. Jesus made it so easy. He said, if a man confess, if a man confess, right? First John chapter one, if we confess that he will, he will cleanse us. He will wash us. He will clear. He will forgive us. Listen, don't stay in a bad way. Don't stay in a wrong way. But examine yourself. Say, I want to be where I'm supposed to be. I want to, I want to, I want to be right with God. Why is being right with God so important? Because if we're not right with God, we're not going to have peace with God. Are y'all with me? So it's a time of examination. What was number one? Communion is a time of remembrance where we remember what he did. Number two, it's a time of examination. Examination. Write these two things down. Examination is needed for cleansing. Cleansing. Examination is necessary for fellowship. 1 John 1 verse 5, this then is the message as we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him, watch this now, in your nose, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we, and what? Do not the truth. But I got good news. 1 John 1 9, read it with me everybody, read it out loud as loud as you can. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about y'all, but that's a celebration point right there. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God it's easy to access. It's a time of examination. Number three, quickly, it's a time of thanksgiving. The Bible says in verse 24, and when he had given thanks, say it with me. And when he had given, now that word thanks, the Greek word is Eucharistio, where we get our English word Eucharist. Many people call this the Eucharist, but what is it? What does the word mean? The word means gratitude. It means thanksgiving. Preacher, what are you saying? It it means this, when we come to the Lord's table, we are remembering what he did. 
We are examining ourselves. Are we where we need to be with God? Are we where we need to be with God? And then we are thankful. We are thankful for what he did for us. It's a time of thanksgiving. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad I didn't have to go to the cross. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that I can confess my sin and know I am forgiven. Somebody say amen. I went coon hunting last night. Just me and my dog. Her name's Medusa. (laughs) I know if you knew her, it'd be proper. She was out there in the woods and I just, just by myself. And I was laying down on, I just laid down on the ground and was just staring up at the sky and just looking at the stars and just, just the vastness. And in my mind, I just started thinking about how good God's been to me. Actually, I started thinking about my shirt. (laughs) And whether it's going to make me look fat if I wore it. I'm just being honest. And I begin to think, I do have an awesome congregation. We have an awesome place that's got a heart for souls. You've got a passion to see churches planted where there are no churches. And I'm thinking, man, God's been good to me. I'm out here. I was on some church members' property. I hope they knew. And I begin to think about heaven. I begin to think about all that's going on in Israel. And I begin to think about the promise that Jesus made to us and said, hey, when you see these things happening, don't be afraid. Your redemption's drawing nigh. Boy, I begin to think about what Jesus took for me. Now watch this. He took what I deserved. He took what he didn't deserve for me who did deserve it. And I ain't going to lie. Brother John, I about wanted to cry. And I was so thankful for what God has done for me.